you're listening to This Is My Story. I'm Ruth O'Reilly-Smith. This show is all about sharing stories of how God's amazing love has changed lives forever. So it was a day that just was to begin like any other, but we never know what a day brings, do we? In August 2002, Lynn Connolly lost her son, Paul, in the most brutal of ways. As she came to terms with her grief, she found that God's comfort and peace would sustain her in the middle of her darkest days. This is her story. He was on a night shift, and so we weren't expecting him in because he was at work all night. He met up um, in the evening with a friend. He was in an area that he didn't really know very well, um, in Anfield, and he didn't have his car with him, so he got a taxi, and as he got out of the taxi, um, two lads just approached him, and he just was asked for a light of a cigarette. He wouldn't have thought anything of it, really. He, he just offered them the, the lighter. And then one of them went behind him and stabbed him in the back. And the other one punched him as well and cut him. So for us, we were just asleep at home, not knowing any of this um, that had happened until uh, later on in the morning, around about 10 o'clock it was. When the police came, uh, first of all, they went to the church because Mick was the pastor of the church. And they went to the church to tell Mick uh, what had happened. And then when I came home, um, I was surprised to see Mick there and these two strangers, an RCT, a man and a woman, very formally dressed. And um, as I walked in with my grandchildren, they walked out uh, of the room into the kitchen to take my grandchildren out of the room. And as Mick stood up and turned round, I could see that he'd been crying. And I began to panic then thinking, what's happened? I just said, just tell me what's happened. And he could just about get the words out. Paul's been stabbed and he's died. I went upstairs and as I knelt down in the bathroom and just um, came to the Lord really and said, Father, they've killed my son and I don't know what to do. The Lord said, will you trust me? And it was such a relief, really, this, I just thought, oh yes, I've trusted you for the last 36 years. Um, and the Bible says he never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I knew that God hadn't changed at all, but my whole life had changed. Um, and so it was just wonderful when he said, will you trust me? And, and I said, yes, and he said, follow me. 
Lynn and her husband Mick were immediately inundated with tasks. At a time when they most needed to stop and grieve, they instead were forced into action, informing family members of Paul's death and assisting with a police investigation. Sometimes people say, oh, it, it was everything stopped. But for me, I felt like everything was going at 100 miles an hour because there was so much to do. So in a sense, you put your own feelings aside as much as you can, because I was aware that my daughter had to be told you were thinking about all the people we had to tell. Paul was about to be engaged. And so we were planning a wedding in our house. And his girlfriend was actually on um, a Christian mission in Ecuador. So she was away at the time and we couldn't get hold of her to tell her what had happened to Paul. And going to identify Paul's body as well you know it's just surreal because it doesn't you can't believe it's happening you know we were still uh, even now you know there are times when you just think I, I can't believe that 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 happened to us because you never think it will happen to you you know um, but the emotion was just overwhelming really Less than 24 hours after learning of Paul's death, in the middle of the trauma they were already experiencing, Lynn and Mick were asked by the police to undertake the heartbreaking task of giving a press conference to the national media. The courage they showed would leave a lasting impression on the journalists in the room. The next day after Paul died, the police asked would we do um, a conference at police headquarters in Liverpool city centre. And we agreed to do that. And that was really just to, to find the people who'd killed Paul. So we were really um, meeting with the media who were going to be there to ask questions and hopefully find um, whoever had killed Paul. And so as we sat um, behind this big table with police either side of us, um, just encouraging us and helping us through the process, um, all the media came in and it was very, very quiet. It was um, almost a godly atmosphere. It was amazing, really. And as they came in, they asked different questions. And one of them said, how do you feel about the people who've killed your son? And we hadn't even thought about this, you know, just the next day. So we hadn't thought about um, the people who'd done it at all. We were still taken up with the loss. and. And so in that moment, you have to think of an answer. But for us, you know, our hearts were settled and we felt at peace when we went. And they just said, you know, how do you feel? And we said, we forgive them. And it went really quiet then because that wasn't what they were expecting to hear. I think as we said the words, I think that was the moment that that decision was made, that we would forgive the people who killed Paul. The two men involved in Paul's death would soon be arrested and face justice.
As Lynn began to rebuild her life, she made a connection with a man from prison fellowship that would open a door to God's new calling on her life. And he said, um, I work for prison fellowship and I wonder if you would come in and share your story with the men in Walton Prison in Liverpool. And this is only 20 minutes from where we live. And, and I just said yes straight, straight away, not really thinking about it too much. But as the time went on, um, I began to panic a bit about going into a prison because that was new territory for me. Lynn was nervous about going into a prison for the first time, but throughout, she felt comforted and reassured by God. The day before, we had a church service and our worship leader said, who knows, God may be sending you into the prisons to set the captives free. And I knew that it was God just speaking to me, reassuring me. And so we went in to Walton Prison and that first time, which was absolutely amazing. I sobbed my way all the way through my story. And I expected them to really not care or be interested, but they sat. And I had just such a feeling of just the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And just God was in, in that room. We were in the chapel in Walton Prison. And there was 14 men and they just sat in a semicircle listening to my pain and to my story. At the end, they all came up and were hugging me and, you know, we talked about um, forgiveness and they couldn't believe that they could be forgiven for the things that they'd done. And it really was um, a life-changing time. As part of the program she was involved in, after this initial visit, Lynn got to return a few weeks later to see how the men were getting on. We got to see them three weeks later and they were different people. <laughs> you know, they queue up to say sorry to you. You know, they really do. You end up um, with being surrounded by these people making cups of tea for you and can't do enough for you. Um, and I just was overwhelmed with their love. You know, we're supposed to go in to minister to them, but actually it was very much two ways. You know, they ministered back to us. This first experience was enough to light a fire inside her, and she would go on to dedicate her life to bringing hope to those behind bars. It sounds odd, but it's one of my favorite places to go now, the prisons, because you're going in with a message of hope to people who've got no hope. People get trapped in a life and they're looking for a way forward, looking for a way ahead. Um, and that's what we saw God doing, just bringing hope. And it's been a great part of our healing to see people who've taken lives, you know, react to our story the way they did because they feel they have no hope, but the gospel is a message of hope. <laughs> 
and that's what they receive. So how exactly does Lynn communicate to those in prison? It's always when we talk about forgiveness, that's when you really get the attention. (laughs) Because forgiveness is such a freeing thing. You know, it doesn't mean that we don't have pain. It doesn't mean that you just get over things. You know, we live still with the pain of the loss. You know, we still miss Paul, even all these years later. We, We still miss him every day. But Forgiveness is just the most amazing thing that God has given as a gift to us to be able to to forgive. And it changes the story, it changes the picture, changes your life. We've seen lots of people who have been in our situation where things have happened like it happened to us and they've never been able to forgive. And you see um, the pain that they're still experiencing Um, But we live in freedom. We live really free from um, that dreadful pain of just nothing at the end of it, because we know Paul is safe with the Lord. You know, everything is just well, it is well with our souls. Lynn has been a Christian for many years, long before the death of her son. She has been able to lean on this foundation during the most traumatic of circumstances. Even as a Christian, we still have cried rivers probably more than one river um and I've just been overwhelmed at times with with grief and I felt like the worst mother in the world you know all of those natural things that you would think would happen to anyone really but with the exception that God (laughs) but for God you know he's just amazed us really with his grace there was a quote that somebody said about When we have daily needs, there's daily grace. When we have sudden needs, we have sudden grace. But when we have overwhelming needs, there's overwhelming grace. And that's been so true because I think, I often think if I didn't know the Lord at that time, I don't know how we would have coped at all. And I look at people who have been in the same boat as us, who've lost children like us, and their lives are in turmoil, they're in anguish all the time. And it just gave me a fresh appreciation of being saved at such a young age. I was only 14. And um, just that gratitude to the Lord. He's always balanced up the grief with his comfort. And that's the biggest message, I suppose, that we bring is the hope and the comfort. You know, the Bible says that we don't grieve as those who have no hope, but we still grieve. You know, we will always miss Paul. Um, But, you know, we know we'll see him again. And that's an amazing comfort. You know, in um, John 10, 28, it talks about, it says, I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. And that's just one of the verses out of millions that the Lord has spoken to us about. Because even though um, two men took our son's life, they can never snatch him out of the Father's hand. And that's been one of the most comforting scriptures, you know, that we've found along the way. 
and Lynn has found that as she has leaned on God and His overwhelming grace, the Lord has walked their whole family through the trials they have faced. Not only has Lynn survived this ordeal, but she has found purpose in what God has brought out of the tragedy, the opportunity to change many lives through sharing their story. Grief is, is a process, and it is, it takes time to work through that grief. But things just happened so quickly, and doors began to open up that we were able to share the gospel, even at a police conference that we did the next day. Just opportunities began to surface. And so we saw very quickly that this wasn't just something that's happened to us, but there was actually a purpose in it. We feel that it was something higher, a higher purpose um, than just someone taking our son's life. And it's proved to be that. You know, the Lord has just so graciously and gently moved us one step at a time to where he wanted us to be. You know, we ended up in the prisons, you know, there's, but there's lots of other places as well that we've been able to just share our story. But in sharing our story, we've been able to share testimony after testimony of how we get from that day when Paul died to where we are now. It's just been an amazing journey. have been listening to This Is My Story with Lynn Conley. The program she took part in was called Sycamore Tree. You can find out more by visiting prisonfellowship.org.uk. Today's episode was hosted by me, Ruth O'Reilly-Smith, produced and edited by Ed Jervis. Special thanks to Will Jones. Make sure you subscribe and for more UCB podcasts, you can download the UCB Player app or search UCB wherever you get your podcasts.